Hey y'all, it's your girl IJ. And this is Cut. And And you're you're listening listening to to The The Refresh. Refresh. Hang out with us for a while and rejuvenate your mind through open discussions about Black mental health. No subject is off limits. Welcome to The Refresh. This is Cuddly. And this is IJ. And we'll be talking about all things modern adulthood with a focus on mental health. So now we're going to get into our HUGA section where we pretty much share something that happened to us during the past week that gave us a feeling of coziness or that made us feel content and happy. All right, let's get into our HUGA section. Huga, just in case anyone was wondering, is a Danish and Norwegian word for a mood of coziness and comfortable feelings with a little wellness and contentment mixed in there. So my Huga for the week is I bought my niece a toy and it made me really happy. You know, Journey, your namesake. So she's really been wanting this baby doll. I think it's called like a baby alive or something similar. And Initially, her mom wasn't sure about if she should have one because, you know, the whole being a young girl and taking care of baby dolls thing. Is that really a thing people are concerned about today? <laughs> I think so. And I, oh I don't, God. it's not that I blame them. I could see why it would be a thing that some moms might have a problem with, right? Because, I mean, you're still a baby and you're taking care of a baby. <laughs> We'll have another conversation, but sorry for interrupting your huga. <laughs> it's funny because I mentioned that to one of my other friends and she was very surprised about that as well. Yeah. So it's like a baby doll where it comes with like food, kind of like a Play-Doh maker, like food maker set thing. And you mix food and like this little thing for her. It was a little blender, like a smoothie maker. And you feed the baby the food and the baby comes with diapers because the food comes out <laughs> on the other end. So it's supposed to be like this super realistic um, type of baby doll. So yeah, her mom didn't want her to have it at first. And then I guess she begged her and told her that I wanted to get her a gift. And she finally was like, okay, well, you can get it for her. And when she got it, she FaceTimed me and she was just so, so, so excited. Like it made me so happy. I hadn't seen her that excited about a toy since she was like maybe three or five, you know, and she's like nine now. So it was really sweet to see. I was at brunch and she, you know, called me and was screaming like the waitress and bartenders was like giggling and stuff. It was really cute. So yeah, that gave me a, a good warm feeling, you know, to see my little my little baby niece happy. That is adorable. <laughs> I can just see her little smile now. Mm-hmm. But what a great gift. And I remember like being a child and you open your Barbie doll finally or you know that gift you've just wanted so much and it really is the best feeling it's like Mm. you truly feel like you won the lottery as a kid yeah it's like receiving the most anticipated package in your adulthood right (laughs) it's like Um. the only thing that will make me that happy in adulthood is like literally winning a million dollars or a hundred million dollars (laughs) not a hundred come on five hundred thousand (laughs) maybe Oh, man. So my hygge of the week is that 
I had a snowball this weekend. Wow. I know. It's like, talk about things I never thought I would have here. But basically, Jay planned a surprise. Mm -hmm. And he's like, we're going to go somewhere for lunch. And I was like, okay, where? And we're driving. You know, you're trying to look out the window, trying to like find clues and whatnot of where Mm -hmm. we're going. And it was just absolutely no clues at all. So we finally pull up and it's this like snowball, like food truck. And I was like, oh my God. Oh, wow. (laughs) And girl, I cannot even remember the last time that I had a snowball. So I remember the last time that I was home, I wasn't craving one. And the last time I was home was mm, Christmas, maybe. Oh, you did go for Christmas. Yeah. So it's like I potentially had a snowball like an entire year ago. So that was really nice. And it was surprisingly really good. Okay. I was going to ask you, are you sure it wasn't a snow cone? (laughs) It was not a snow cone, which I also had to explain (laughs) the difference to to Jay. Because I was like, snow cones literally be like ice cubes with syrup on it. You know, like fruit syrup. And it's like, no, that's not what I want. I want truly shaved ice not not fruit syrup it do be like chick-fil-a's ice cubes with like slush uh syrup on top of it exactly so it was not that it was actually like a snowball and guess what flavor i got strawberry no wait wait wait. ice cream no what i would have they didn't have that uh was it just basic flavors or were there any yeah it was basic flavors Hmm, if you didn't get strawberry, I guess strawberry is your sister's flavor, like go-to, and yours is ice cream. Dang. Not grape. That was actually ridiculous. I was going to guess yeah, that. Yeah, very ridiculous. Not green <laughs> apple, not pineapple. Ugh, I give up. Cherry? No. You're not a cherry person. When I say it, you're going to be like, wow, I should have guessed that. No, what is wait? It's not cookies and cream, is it? No. Okay, just tell me. I'm going to say that girl just pulling anything I'm going to have right now. I know. I got lime. Oh, that's so <laughs> fucking boring. Are you no, serious? it's not. Lime. I've literally always gotten the green <laughs> snowball. That girl said I had a zest of flavor <laughs> on that snowball. Wow. Was that you who doesn't like the green freezy pops? Oh, no. Those are my favorite. Green Then and how don't you like a lime snowball? It's the exact same I mean, thing. Okay. So <laughs> I get it. It's delicious. I just wasn't expecting it <laughs> at all. <laughs> Yes, but mm-hmm. yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised because again, it's like I was going and expecting a snow cone and I actually got a snowball. So yeah, it was great. These people competing now with these snowballs, man, because you know, <laughs> New Orleans used to be the main place where you- I mean, let's not with. say competing. I think they're trying. But still, that's something, you know, like you, what I'm saying is you don't have to be in Louisiana to get an okay snowball anymore true but i will say there was no gummy bear and see that's a little i don't want to say bougie that's the privileged snowball eaters world <laughs> i've never been used to getting gummy bears in my snowball Ooh, that girl been in the ghetto that wasn't a thing like at my <laughs> snowball stand at my snowball stand in gentilly it just wasn't a thing that they do that they did. I know Rodney's by your place used to like that was their thing. I feel like they started the whole gummy bear in the snowball thing. Yeah. Everyone mm. should follow suit. Mm. 
the thing is, I'm a fan of gummy bears, but only like the good gummy bears that still be kind of squishy, you know? And I feel like when you put the gummy bears in the snowball, they become like rock hard, like this really hard thing that you can barely even chew on. Sounds like someone who's not used to getting it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Want to share your hookah with us? Follow us on Instagram at The Refresh Show and let us know your hookah for the week. So today we're going to be talking about one of the many mass shootings that's happened in America this year, particularly the one that happened in Buffalo, New York. On May 14th, 2022, an 18-year-old white male gunman entered the Topps grocery store where he targeted Black people, essentially. He ultimately killed 10 Black people, injured three others, and traumatized many, many more. Since then, he's been charged with first-degree murder, attempted murder, domestic terrorism, federal hate crimes, and other charges. So when I first heard about this shooting, the only way that I could describe how I felt was just spooked. Like, I remember feeling just so, like, it almost felt like unreal. You know, it was like, wow, this person is targeting Black people, treating us as if we are characters in a violent video game, essentially. And I just felt so scared and just honestly absolutely disgusted. You know, it was just another reminder that being Black is just unsafe here. We know that. We've all known that. But I don't know. Something about this just felt different than other mass shootings that we've had. Because it was simply because of our race. Like, there hadn't, to my knowledge, been any other, like, truly racially motivated, except for the church, you know, in recent years. In recent years, at least. So yeah, it just, it just felt awful and it just felt maybe for one of the first times for me, I was like, this can actually happen to me. Yep. Yep. And that's what made it feel so horrifying for me was the fact that it could happen to anyone. These people were just hanging out at a grocery store, buying food, just running in real quick to pick up that thing that they needed. And it just felt so unprovoked, you know, like he was just hanging out, eating some Lays potato chips on his couch and just was like, you know what? Let me go ruin some people's lives, you know. And just the the fact that the age group really, really, really messed with me the most. And I still don't know if I can say why, besides the obvious, but it really messed with me. And you know, just to think that these older African American people who went through I'm guessing so much already in their life. Like they've withstood racial situations that we can't even imagine having to deal with today. And to just be gunned down, it just seems so wasteful and careless. I know you didn't see the video. Yeah, I'm going to watch that. Yeah, I really, really regret seeing it. It was one of those situations where you're just scanning Twitter and, you know, yeah, I clicked on it. But it's one of those things that you don't even think. And before you know it, it's too late. The video really, really, it messed with me for a few, a few days. The way you described it, like being on a video game, like the people didn't matter, weren't real to him. Like it was just a sport. That's exactly what it looks like in the video. 
Wow. Yeah, I had to stop watching really any of these videos, you know, the police videos, really any violent videos. I don't remember what year this was, but I remember there was the police shooting of uh, Alton Sterling. He was in Baton Rouge. And I remember Mm -hmm. I was like, that was the day I decided I'm not watching this anymore. I remember that day. I remember you were really affected by the video and you were just like so... You were so tense about watching it. And after you watched, I don't think you finished it, did you? No, I was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. It was mm-hmm. like, for whatever reason, that day was like, my body had had enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, what you said about the fact that the majority of, you know, his victims were much older. It's like, that is just awful. It's awful for anyone. But I'm like, you know, we have soft spots in our hearts and in society for like children and old people. It's like grandma was just trying to get, something before church (laughs) or probably shopping for our family. And I just always think about the moment that the victims realize what was happening and Mm -hmm. how just terrified they must have felt in that moment. And I think that's what really just makes my heart sink. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I see on the video. Like you see, there's a couple instances where you see the moment of, by the time you realize who's in front of you, it's, it's already over. Yeah, there's nothing, literally nothing you can do in that point. Yeah, it's just like we're talking. We're having a combo. And the, walking to our car, like they were, the first people that he shot down were outside, like walking to their car, you know, like if they would have left a minute earlier. Yeah. And it was just over. And then someone in the, in the store, as he's going down these, you know, the sideways, people who just happened to be walking towards his direction who just couldn't get out the way quick enough because of the shock of what was happening. Like they were caught in his crossfire as well. And the thing that upset me the most to actually see it and witness it and hear it. And it's crazy because I feel like this wasn't covered a lot, but he, yes, pointed his gun at a person who was not black. I think it was a, a white man. He pointed his gun at him. And as the guy is like on the ground, I think he said like, please or no, or don't. And, you know, the moment that this guy is like, oh, here it is. A mass shooter is about to kill me. The shooter goes, oh, sorry, man, or something of like that. And like, doesn't shoot the guy and continues on his way. Like actually saw that he was not black and was like, oops, not yeah. you and moved on from him. Like that really messed with me too, because it's this fact that just the color of your skin could save your life in these situations. Just looking at me, I'm a target because you see my skin color. Right. And I think what also just pisses me off and just makes me completely sick is just how much effort went into this. It's like, this dude was really like plotting. Like he wasn't even from Buffalo. You literally drove to another place to make this happen and made sure to find like largest group of black people nearest to where he's from, finding the right neighborhood to make sure there's enough black people here, checking out the grocery store before. Like I was reading reports that said he had actually checked out the grocery store like the day before, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like you're over here trying to figure out, oh, I could get him over here. I could do this right here. And like the whole live stream is just like, wow. Yeah. It's just too much. And like you said, over something that we just literally have no control over. Like literally my skin is dark. 
and that's all it takes for you to hate me so much to the point where you will kill me for sport. It was just too much. Yeah. And the thing about live streaming it, the thing about that that really bothers me is, is he doing this for notoriety or is he doing it for the people out there, wherever they are, that he knows wants to see this? You know, the people that he, like, is there a group of people that identify with him so much to where he's like, okay, hey, I'm going to go out and do this. I'll probably, I probably won't make it, but I want y'all to witness this. You know, it's just very sick because these are human beings. And I just don't understand on top of wanting to murder someone for no reason, someone you've never known or know nothing about why you would want the world to witness you doing that. What pleasure do you get from this? I mean, yeah, I don't think there's really any way to rationalize it. It's just you're a truly evil person. And that's just what it is. You know, it's like, I mean, I know they said he like wrote his manifesto or whatever, but I'm like, I didn't read that and I'm not going to read it. So I don't know if he, you know, was seeking attention or, or not, but it's just like at the end of the day, you were born fucking evil. And I just believe that. Yeah. I mean, there's just no way to get around it. Yeah, and I I don't know about you, but ever since that happened, it took me about a month to really realize it. And now, you know, here we are so many months later, but I kind of stopped going to grocery stores after that. Yeah, I remember that week I actually needed to go to the grocery store. And for the first time since the start of COVID, I used Instacart. I was just like, I could not work myself up enough to do this. And then also like the grocery store that I would have gone to, you know, the one that's (laughs) near where I live Mm -hmm. is one of the like blacker ones in the city, you know? And I was just Mm -hmm. like, I'm not taking that risk today. I was like, Instacart it is, you know, they might bring me back some, I don't know, mushy produce, but I'll take it. (laughs) Girl, it's like someone be at the checkout lane saying, give me that fresh produce. Take this one instead. (laughs) And Instacart picks up your food. Yeah. and. Yeah, I remember that week I was just like, I can't do this. Also throughout that week, you know, we just had to resume our lives as if nothing happened. And at that time, I was still going into the office like once or twice a week. But even so, it's like, whose crazy dad is going to be at the hospital today ready to shoot us? Like, it was just so many thoughts going in my mind that I just felt the need to like, be quicker than usual. Yeah, it's like, all right, girl, like walk fast and just walk straight to the elevator. Like, don't look, don't say hi to anyone. Don't stop and have a conversation. Like get to your office where, you know, you are for sure secure. And I was like, this is not fair that we have to go to work, which we all already hate. And now we have this extra layer of stress and like worry on top of it. Like that was just not easy. Yeah, it was a difficult time for sure. Like I was just always on edge, even going to the gym in the morning. Oh, it's dark when I go. So sometimes I'll be pulling up in my car and, you know, it's going to be like five to six cars in our um, lot because it's a few people that come plus the trainer. And there will be a car like parked further away from where we are with the lights on, you know, like it's a big parking lot. So maybe there's a car parked at the other end of the parking lot or even at my office, there might be a truck. You know, I don't know why trucks make me so nervous. I hate to say it. But there'll be a truck like with its headlights facing the building. Whenever I saw these cars, but even still, I just get a feeling of, oh my God, is it someone scoping out 
this gym because it's like mainly black people that go here and this guy just shot up a grocery store. You know what I mean? So I was definitely on edge about doing everyday assignments and tasks, just wondering, okay, is this it? And even going to the grocery store, like you mentioned, just being more quick about it. I think my first time going to the store was, I want to say over a month after this incident. And yeah, my feet was just moving a little bit quicker. It was like, we got to get this, we got to get that. And then we out. And even just being in the grocery store shopping, you're thinking, okay, let me look up and find these exit signs. So if I'm in aisle eight looking at pasta sauces and someone starts shooting, I know what back door to zoom out of. Right. And that's so sad. Yeah. It's so sad. But one thing I remember them saying in some of the, you know, all all the information that's come out since this happened, you know, was that this attack was motivated by, I think it's called the great replacement theory. And I know we Mm kind of touched on that in our last episode, but this idea that like white people are being replaced by non-white people, (laughs) like in terms of like population and, and things like that. I mean, I just think that is so terrible that this information, which is so clearly ridiculous, but this information is out there for people like this gunman to digest, to believe in, and to hold such an importance to them that they go out and and do things like this. It's like, how is this, I hate that this type of information is able to like be out there for people to just take in as true when it's just not. Because I mean, look look at how dangerous this can be when a radical mind is the the person who takes this in. Yeah. So the whole great replacement, what is it? White replacement? I think it's just great replacement theory. Great replacement. I mean, what a name. But (laughs) that whole theory for me just doesn't make sense because if you think about just like the mixing of races, right? And cultures, like you know, white people are marrying black people more and more every day. And, you know, other races are marrying, are mixing races. Like, and I also saw like years ago, you know, what most humans are going to look like. And, you know, remember that Time Magazine article? Yeah. I don't know what the time was, if it was like 30 years or 100 years or 500 years. I don't know. But I feel like it's just understood that over time, as we mix and mesh races, that numbers are just going to decrease. And then it's like, you know, we have full continents of races. We have China, we have Africa, we have Europe. And this is just America, which has always been, I thought the nickname for America at some point was the melting pot. So just to be so focused on Caucasian Americans numbers depleting, it just seems unreasonable for so many reasons. Yeah. And when you're, you know, intelligent and rational, you're you're able to like read about this and understand that <laughs> understand everything you just said. But when you're not and you're insane and you're an evil person, you somehow believe that, oh, it's my responsibility now to solve this problem for my people. You know, and I think that's exactly what this gunman did. And you know what's really even stupider about this though it's like if you're really motivated by this idea that white people are going to be outnumbered you know because they're not giving birth enough or non-white people are giving birth too much it's like for you to go and target and kill majority elderly black people 
this is just not the way that's going to help you actually get more white people on earth. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like, I mean, killing anyone is awful, but it's like, if you're truly motivated for that one reason, then you're a fucking idiot for killing elderly people who aren't even capable of reproducing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. None of it makes sense. None of it connects. It's like he's saying one thing and doing something completely different that's not going to help his race, like either way. I think it just stems from ignorance. I mean, obviously, right? But it's just so crazy that one boy who was raised in a harsh way or has these horrible beliefs has the ability to affect so many people, you know, from so far away. Yeah. It's like, I mean, obviously we shared our stories, but I'm sure that many of our listeners, you know, also probably felt a lot of the same things that we felt and experienced that day, that week, that month, even today. Right. I'm sure that um, if we looked at the trends for, like you said, Instacart, DoorDash, all the places, you know, that there was a little spike. Mm-hmm. I'm sure somebody is doing a little study on that now. Somebody got that data. Right. I would love to see those numbers because I know. I know I did not. I mean, I'm telling you a month and I usually get groceries like every two, maybe two and a half, probably less weeks. But um, when I walked into that grocery store and realized why, you know, I just felt so uncomfortable. I was like, why do I feel like this? And then I realized I hadn't been to the store since before the shooting. And I thought, what the hell have I been eating? Like, what have I been eating? And I had been ordering DoorDash. Yeah. (sighs) Life. No, not life, America. Yep. I've been thinking about it, girl. I've been thinking about uh getting out of here. <laughs> like I have, you know, my friend Chris, she was telling me today how one of her friends, him and his family uh, pitched in to buy a really nice flat in Portugal. And mm-hmm. it's like a family, a second family home or third or fourth. They have a bunch of homes, but they put together money to get a house somewhere else and they're going to like maybe live here six months, live there six months. When she was telling me about it, it kind of sounded like a fairy tale to leave this place (laughs) and to just go live life somewhere else. Yeah, I definitely, that thought has come into my mind. It's not something I've given like, you know, true thought just yet, but I mean, I understand it's like why I choose to stay somewhere (laughs) where you could literally be murdered just because you woke up and decided to run your errands, you know? But that does sound like a fairy tale. And shoot, I wish it was that easy for all of us. (laughs) Shoot, let's just leave, guys. But I think that will become more desirable for many people, especially if things continue the way that they have been. So with everything that went down with the Buffalo shooting massacre and really just, I would say, all of the mass shootings that are going on, you know, whether it's at a grocery store or, you know, a UPS sort facility or a school, like what's something that you think that people could experience based on seeing these types of events take place so often? Yeah, I think a lot, a lot, but probably the most common one is like PTSD. (laughs) You know, it's like if this is something that you experience or you witness this happening to someone else, or even like 
learning about the details of something like this, if this happened to like a loved one or someone you were really close with, you can develop PTSD from all of those things. So I think that for the people who were in the grocery store and the surrounding areas, like they may have stronger or more severe symptoms than people who are more distal to this event. But I think, you know, there's going to be a huge uptick in trauma and PTSD or, you know, other types of trauma symptoms with this just kind of going on as often as it does. But I will say, you know, one of the, I guess on a positive note is that, you know, most people who do experience some type of traumatic event go on to eventually, you know, lead a normal life. So I do hope that, you know, more people are able to, I guess, overcome this or, you know, be resilient in the face of this type of experience. But unfortunately, there is going to be a percentage of people who do not recover from those symptoms. So in the matter or in the span of what, a couple of minutes, this person, this gunman has traumatized so many and potentially changed the lives of people like, well, not potentially, actually changed the lives of people forever. Do you see similar effects happening to people? And you said people who were more distal might not have the same effects as someone who was there or related to someone who went through it or close to someone who went through it. But what about just like the masses, like the people in America who are Black, who have to go to grocery stores to get groceries and they're afraid that some crazed, disturbed racist might pop off, start shooting at them. Yeah, I think there's just going to be a lot of, you know, some of the things that we described earlier. So like us feeling more anxious, you know, us feeling more worried. I'm sure that most Black people feel like that, you know, whether it's the grocery store, just going to work, you know, driving down the street, like name a daily life event. (laughs) But I think increased worry, you know, I think the more that these things happen, we probably see a lot more people feeling more hopeless than they have at other times. You know, it's like, when are things going to change? How much more can we take? How much more can we as Black people go through in this country? So I think that there's hopelessness that can be attached to that. But I also think there's probably a lot of anger attached to that too. You know, it's like, why are we dealing with this again? Why is this like number 300 as it relates to mass shootings this year? It's Mm -hmm. like, people are going to be angry. We have a right to be angry because... This is such a preventable thing. Yeah. The solution is literally in our faces in a clown costume, like throwing tomatoes at us. Like, why aren't we listening? (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, personally, the anxiety that I have about the whole situation is just, it feels too familiar. For instance, you know, when we read about the civil rights movement when we were in elementary school and just what, our people went through during that time and, you know, everything else that happened prior to that for 400 years. It's like, this was their norm. This was their day to day. This was like the life that they lived and what they were used to and what they went through. So it's starting to feel like that's happening to us now. And we won't really be able to see how bad it is until it's no longer happening. And that's what what worries me. I just have this anxious feeling that it's not going to stop, that it's gonna get worse. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't stopped and it has gotten worse. You know, it's like, you know, I don't want to take away the focus too much from this one, but the fact that we can recall a mass shooting in our childhood, there's probably been like several every year since then. 
you know, and it's like each time that this happens, there's another one coming right behind it. We obviously know this now, but like Uvalde happened, what, less than two weeks after this. So many other mass shootings and gun violence that just goes unreported. But it's like, there's probably things that happen today we don't know about. Yeah. And yeah, it's like things are not getting better. Things are not changing. And the people who are in charge of making these types of changes have shown us time and time and time and time and time and again, they're not going to do enough to make this stop. And it's really disheartening to live in a country where you're like, okay, so y'all's solution is to just let this keep happening. Got it. (laughs) Yeah. And democracy will eventually fix everything. I think we're supposed to believe that. And I'm going to go out and put my little vote in and I hope that everyone else would do the same. But you know, it gets to a point where you start to feel hopeless. Like, is that really the answer? Is there even a a way out through that in that direction? Yeah, it's just starting to feel like everyone isn't on the secret except for us. You know, just the the amount of inaction, right? And like you said, this happened two weeks later. Something very similar happened to children. I mean, the amount of trauma that the entire planet must have gone through for one week, a bunch of elderly Black people got killed at a grocery store. And then two weeks later, a bunch of babies, the same thing was done to them in school. Like those two extremes, like, I don't even know how we made it through the summer. That was a really dark month. Yeah. You know, there's a part of me where I'm like, please let this be the darkest it gets. But like, then my rational mind comes in and I'm like, we got how many more months left? We got time for all kinds of mass shootings. And it's just like, I pray that I'm just not involved in one. That's all you can do. Right. Like that's literally all I feel like I can do is either stay in your home for the rest of your life or go out and pray that you are extremely blessed and lucky that day. Yeah. um grim choices and grim <laughs> options <laughs> yeah and unfortunately i think that's just how so many people feel you know and i know that biden signed into law some changes you know some ch- changes if you even want to call it gun control but it's like we need extreme action taken here you know it's like these are very extreme events you cannot treat this with like gradual change or incremental change. It's like, we need swift action. We need a complete 180 from where we're at. And the fact that that just doesn't seem to motivate (laughs) the people who are in charge is just like... What will motivate them? Yeah, what will? I don't know. I don't know if there's anything that will motivate them. Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to think if elderly people and children wasn't enough to motivate them, then we're pretty much screwed. Indeed. So, I mean, I guess for now, you know, I was going to ask you, like, what are things that people can do to relieve the anxiety or the stress? And, you know, you said just stay at home or pray. And that's really our only options. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, but it's like you got to really choose to just live your life. Because it's like, I think it's really, really easy for those fears to take over. Because these fears are just, they're so rational and so valid. And it's like, we have recent examples where these fears have come true, but you know, you got to find a way to 
just live your life through this. Otherwise, we've just completely relinquished control to the other side, which I think yeah. is ultimately what the gunman wants. And I hope, um, you know, just being from a state like Georgia, I don't know if you saw in the news what happened with Music Midtown, our music festival. Something about they weren't going to be checking if people had guns, essentially. I think they were going to check. It was just that if they have a gun, they can't say, you can't bring this in here. Yeah. That's so crazy. I mean, they've had this festival ever since I moved here years ago. And this is the first year where it was canceled. And that, you know, it's just even a sense of um, something fun for people to do to relieve themselves or to just a little bit of enjoyment in this sea of uncertainty. And that was taken away. And I mean, so much money was lost as well. Jobs, you know, so it's just like this vicious circle that's affecting so many more people than the gunmen and the people who became his victims. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a smart move to cancel it because it's like you're really going to let people bring guns into a music festival where everyone's on drugs and alcohol. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just how about you just like gas us to death (laughs) because everyone's about to die here. (laughs) <laughs> Not gas us to death. <laughs> We've gotten to the end of the show. So now we want to just leave you guys with some takeaways. You know, just really give you guys a suggestion of something to try and incorporate into your life this week. And then when we meet again next week, you can tell us a little bit about how it went. So my takeaway for this week, and I'm speaking directly to Black people today, I think that this week you should really be intentional about just finding different ways to make yourself laugh. Laughter is just one of the best feelings. And, you know, especially in this climate that we're living in with everything that we've been talking about today, you know, we deserve to smile and we really deserve to laugh and just have a good time and just, you know, have a moment where we don't have to think about all of these horrible things that are going on and specifically that are going on for us. So I think there's a lot of different ways you can do this, you know, call an old friend, you know, you can even think about a favorite memory. Sometimes that's enough to just (laughs) make me start laughing, watch a funny movie, go to a show, just do whatever it takes to make sure that you smile and, and laugh a little bit more this week. Nice. I like that. Me too. (laughs) So you mentioned my takeaway in yours a little bit, but I was going to say, just reach out to someone that you haven't talked to in a while. You know, there's a lot going on and life is coming at us real fast. And there's often moments where I, I think we all might have a moment where we realize that there's someone that we are close to that we haven't talked to in quite some time. And I know personally that when I get that call from a friend who I haven't spoken to in a few months, you know, just like that nice catch up call, you know, the, like that feeling of closeness and like closing that gap since the last time that we spoke, it makes me feel really happy, you know, just to be like, okay, that was nice. So yeah, I would say if you have, if you find some time, you know, just reach out to that friend that you haven't talked to in a while, check on them, make sure that they're doing okay. Yeah. So you try it out too. Email us at show at gmail.com and tune into next episode to see how it went. Thanks for hanging out with us. See you next time. See ya.